Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods and Freedom Baits. Hey, John. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? Fantastic. Tom? Present. Present? <laughs> okay. Well, I, we'll keep that, that as a real neutral quite answer. Quite the delay. Well, you didn't really ask me anything. You just said my name. So. Uh, that's true. I mean, it's been like 72 shows of greeting, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll just, we'll call that just a roll call. Fine. Tommy's being weird tonight already. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. Now, uh, we also have sitting at the table with us, um, rookie number one, my daughter Kira is back. Kira, how are you? Just peachy. Oh, wow. That was yep. dynamic. Thank you, Kira, for mm-hmm. adding that. <laughs> and we are super excited because uh, joining us by the phone, we have uh, Jennifer Pudence, who is the uh, editor-in-chief and kind of the, the the whole show for the magazine Adventurous, which if you're not familiar with, uh, this is a, a phenomenal product. It, it is an amazing publication. It's the only women's hunting and fishing magazine, and it's produced right here in, in uh, Minnesota, I think in Bemidji. Is that correct, Jen? Printed in Bemidji. I'm in Hibbing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, and I can't top Tara's response. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's peachy, and uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so we had a chance to connect at the St. Paul Ice Show a couple weeks ago, and uh, I had, I, I don't remember exactly when Adventurous came into, you know, came, I became aware of it, but it was sometime in the in the spring, I believe, and, and it must have just been through social media that I saw it pop up. It, perhaps it was because of of Nicole Stone or or maybe one of the other people who we've had on who who has been featured in your magazine. But as soon as I saw that come up and started to do some research, I was I was super excited and intrigued by it and. Um, I had, I've since subscribed to it for my daughters and for my wife and. It's just been really awesome to have it come to the house. I've got a copy of it here at the table so the guys can see it if they haven't seen it yet. This is a, it's a super high quality, high quality printed magazine with awesome articles and photos. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty hyped about it. But uh, how, did, how did this come to be? Well, thank you so much for that, first of all. Um, it's wonderful to have your support and to hear how your family, your whole family enjoys it. So... Um, so I actually started the idea way back in college and I guess why I even got to that idea too is because I grew up always living an outdoor lifestyle and, and that was at a time where there wasn't, um, any women's hunting or fishing magazines either. Um, so, so anyways, I think it came back to me back then in college when I was actually, um, going for magazines with, uh, studying for journalism and um, photography and stuff like that. And then I ended up sitting on the idea for seven years and and kind of a long story throughout my life and stuff. But then finally, um, with the digital world, I was able to launch it as a free digital magazine. And I did that for 16 issues. Um, However, magazines are so um, complex to create and run. um, So it, it really does take all of me normally a magazine is a whole team of people and with me doing it um by myself and especially at the level that it is is um very very unknown and unheard of um but uh so i i got to this point where you know i have to be able to make a living 
from it. So I ended up relaunching it as a high quality magazine at the beginning of this year. Um, now 20 issues in, um, and total. And, um, so it's, it's been a huge feat, but, um, definitely been, uh, an exciting journey. <laughs> oh, for sure. Now, speaking of your background, so I haven't said this to you on or off the air, but I'm a teacher and you have a lot of teacher like qualities. Is that, were you, did you ever have anything to do with education? Oh, no, I didn't. I guess I just love to um, share what I know. That's kind of just the person I am. So maybe it kind of stems from that. Well, the way that you deliver information by speaking, you sound and you, you just, you just have a lot of very concise teacher mannerisms for whatever that. Oh, okay. I'm, if if I'm ever, if ever you that. decide you Thank want to you. become a substitute teacher up in the Hibbing area, then they'll just, they'll just sign you up. Okay. You don't need to, like, oh, you can people, read. People will be happy to have you. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Yeah. So like I, I was mentioning before, the the quality of this magazine is startling. And I don't even just mean, I mean, obviously the pictures are amazing and the articles are great, but just the physicalness of it. John, that's because it's a sheet fed magazine versus a web, right? Yeah. John works in print and. Oh, awesome. So, so I sell paper. That's my job. Cool. Oh, this is very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> very exciting. A bunch of paper <laughs> nerds and magazines. So I cut my teeth at a printer 20 years ago and then okay. um, ran digital presses for a long time and then got into selling paper and paperboard. So, yeah. But you, when you feel cool. that, when you hold that magazine, John. It's 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 because it's not, it's not web. It's not, you know, I guess the poorest quality paper imaginable. This is a high quality magazine and... It's uh, what I call as a coffee table magazine. Yes. You put them on the coffee table and people are like, oh, this is cool. And they actually spend time reading it versus picking up the Field and Stream, which I don't even know if Field and Stream is in print anymore. It's like, you know, a millimeter thick. Well, I think of like Ooh. In Fisherman. You oh, know, you In buy Fisherman it. got to the point where it was like. You buy it at the grocery store. You read, you look at, you know, for a handful of minutes and then you hope it doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Most but, of the time you get one drop of water on it. It would go right through the whole magazine. <laughs> so um, when you started designing this for print, Jen, how much, I assume a lot of thought went into the paper and the feel and yeah. all that stuff. How did you decide to go the route of, as John called it, uh, what'd you say, a coffee table? Coffee maybe? table magazine. That's what we used to call them way back in the day where you could, you know, it's something expensive, but it's something that lasts about a hundred times longer than the old in fisherman rag. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that quality is even more important when we're thinking about this for women. Um, I think that's something that um, just for women characteristics, that that's something that was, was really um, important and meaningful for me to have. Like, again, thinking this is specifically, um, you know, tailored to women and not men. Um, and then also, you know, even though I was a digital magazine beforehand, um, I just, uh, that was my only way, I guess, to publish it beforehand. Um, but with reading digital magazines, there's just, um, there often is a lot of frustration really, like, or at least my personal experiences. I'm, a, I'm frustrated a lot of times when I'm reading 
um, a magazine on a screen and stuff. So I just love the physical feel and having that great quality. Like that's just something that is um, always very important to me. And then also um, I've had people very shocked uh, about printing locally as well, but that was something that I didn't want to consider any other way. So it's also very important to me to be thinking about local as well. So I'm very grateful that I was able to find um, this kind of quality and working locally with somebody um, within two hours away in Bemidji. So where, if if magazines aren't typically printed locally, where are they printed? Are they overseas? Um, well, overseas or? I, I talked with somebody that um, publishes magazines here in Minnesota, um, and I I thought, well, like, surely they'll have some, you know, ideas for who I can go with to um, locally. And, and actually, like, it just seemed like it was a funny thing that I even mentioned that, like, she said everybody prints out of state, so I think everything is usually sent off. Um, so that was something that shocked me. And um, like I said, it's very important to me to have it local. So I'm great, grateful that I can do that, um, definitely. Does that reduce like delivery time too? Like if it's coming from a printer in Bemidji, I assume it gets to St. Michael or my house quicker. I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. Uh, I mean, I, Jen, well, if you want to answer this question, I could probably answer it. I, I've been in the mailing side of things for almost well, 20 you can, years. Well, you can let me know if I'm correct. I think it can go back and forth. You know, if I went um, out of state, you know, of course that might be more time with delivery but if it's a bigger printer, they can probably go through it and do it all quicker too. Whereas I'm going through a smaller, so I have time um, more with that process. Um, but uh, also then too, like I'm driving back and forth during print week and stuff too for picking up a physical proof and um, picking up the magazines and stuff too. So I do try my best to keep that all um, under wraps with the least amount of time as possible, but it does also take a lot of time for all of it. Is, are you literally the whole show? Do you, is there anyone else who works for you? No, I'm literally the whole show. So, uh, print week is very hard for me driving back and forth to Bemidji. I'm kind of a zombie. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of all the stuff that you'd have to do to, to get it, laid out and well and also i mean people don't realize that you can read a magazine you know when you're doing the proofing and everything like that you have to have other people read it because you'll go just nuts you'll you'll miss the biggest thing possible like the the header on the first page was misspelled and you've looked at it eight million times and it's like how did i do this (laughs) yeah books get published with misprints all the time Mm -hmm. it is neat because there is so many behind the scenes things that I do that people are very clueless about, but, but it's very cool that people who have seen bits and pieces of what I do behind the scenes, like people who have seen my print proof and they like have flipped through it and saw all my markings. They pretty much want to like, um, like have it as a, what am I trying to say? Like not a trophy, but like to like a keepsake, like a special collectible or something. Like do not throw that away. This it's, it's like, very special. It's like getting the band's um, set so list really at the end of the show. Yeah, like they want it like in a plaque type of thing where you don't like it's keepsake. And um, so that's really neat when I get feedback like that. Because for me, I don't 
think about that when I'm going through it. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot behind the scenes that's going on and, um, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's unheard of, like I said, that I am running this on my own <laughs> and at this level, definitely. But I'm, I'm grateful that that is kind of, um, that's my thing. Um, I feel like I'm built to do it and my mind thinks that way. And especially for, um, it being a women's hunting and fishing magazine, um, a lot of my ideas, I mean, I really do everything kind of against the grain, um, in today's world and for women and stuff like that. Um, but like a lot of it comes from my personal knowledge and being able to come up with ideas and, um, knowing the industry and stuff like that too. So, so all of that, um, really is just, uh, very much a reflection of, of me. And I'm grateful that I'm able to do that. Cause I, I think this is so needed and, is not the first hunting or fishing magazine for women ever before. There's been others, but none have been able to survive. And I think it's because of how magazines are so complex to create and to run. Um, and since they take a whole team of people, they're extremely expensive. Um, so it's, it's something that has not been able to keep going. And I, I really think that I'm, the person that can do that. And I'm, I hope so. Cause it's just, it's so important that we have something like this in the industry. I'm sure that it helps also th- that it's a quarterly publication. And I think that's the way to do it though. Cause, cause it's, it gives like a scarcity of mentality, right? But yeah. And also, I mean, you're excited, I, you're excited for that magazine to come. You've waited. I've heard about this magazine. I, I just flipped through it a few times back and forth and the whole flow of the magazine reminds me of one of my favorite publications ever as a kid was the fly tire magazine and you got you got one quarterly and it was like i would read it to the point where the magazine looked like you drug it behind a truck (laughs) because it was always just trash but it was Was it coffee table paper it was coffee table paper and i mean it was like a 20 dollar magazine or 15 dollar magazine but i would i don't know why i never subscribe but the pictures were vibrant the stories were good the writers were good and I think that's the biggest thing that people forget like 20 years ago we had amazing writers in field and stream and outdoor life 40 years ago we had it had the best and people forget that writing is sometimes you you have to tell a whole story and some of those um, stories that you you have it's like you can see there's there's a true story there and something you're trying to convey a message Versus just, hey, I caught a fish. This was fun. It was in 15 feet of water on a Lindy rig. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so yeah, much quicker. So. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're fine. You can go ahead with what you were going to say. Well, that. I was just going to say that, you know, in our modern society, it, it's so much quicker just to post to, on Instagram and to have it go out immediately, right? It's quicker. It's easier, probably. Not probably. It's definitely easier, although people who do that have to really work at it. But there's a whole lot of effort that has to go into sitting down to write an article. But it takes away, I think, I think what our, I'll go down, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit here. I think this is the problem with some of the society rules is, hey, oh, I'm going to post a picture on Instagram. When you get in a magazine, you have to wait for it. You have to be patient. You have anticipation of, hey, what's going to what's going to come out and I can read this over and over and I'm going to get a, you know, 
a message throughout where Instagram is just that five second thing and it's gone in the pages somewhere. You're never going to find that algorithm again. A magazine, they can't take it away from you. You can stare at a page for two days and it doesn't change. Yeah, I think a, a huge thing, what I, a word I like to put with what you just described to is impression. Like this magazine, uh, a physical high quality magazine is not, is, is it's like, a completely different experience and impression as, um, you know, like on digital, like just seeing something online that's not really leaving an impression with us. So I, that's something I think of a lot too, that like this is really leaving an impression with people. And, and also that that's something important for advertisers too, even though most advertisers want to go digital now. Um, it just, really doesn't leave that same impression with people. I mean, how many people delete an email from, you know, a a company? It's super easy to delete an email, just swipe. It's really hard to delete that magazine. If I was going to send that to a, you know, I have long time ago used to be able to throw magazines and send them to a client list or something like that to get, you know, feedback of how the magazine is. But it got to the point where magazines were so poor, it was just, and I'll pick on in fishermen for one. It was just ads. That's all it was. And no one really read them anymore, but that's your magazine. It's a, I'm going to read this five times over. Yeah. I, just skimming through it. You're right. There's not, it's not overly, there's not, there's over, not a ton of ads in it. There's not marketing Although, to the point. I would imagine that that wouldn't probably be a, a super bad thing to have a couple more ads thrown in there, but uh, yeah, but, but you're it's right. A it's balance. not. It's not. It doesn't feel like I'm watching. Like I'm reading an infomercial with a couple of stories mixed in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you you have. I will say it's an old school feel. It's a real magazine. <laughs> I am very old school, so that made me smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and there's something to be said because I've I've grown up in the the print world and I've watched many companies rise and fall with print productions and I've seen it's like, oh, we're going to make everything digital. And they go, oh, we lost this whole customer base. And I said, well, there's a lot of people that still want to get something tangible. Getting a, a, you know, an ad that's tangible and something that, you know, I'm going to read about, but not like advertise about. It's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, pick this fishing rod and okay, I'm going to use it for this specific thing. Here's why I use it for this specific thing. I mean, it's, it's very different than look at me. I caught a fish. And um, another thing that like is, is, it's wonderful for me to hear this, absolutely wonderful, because I've also um, been subject to the um, complete opposite, which is, you know, not what I'm going to do is I've had people within the industry saying they want to throw out the, the um, quality that I need to like absolutely cut down the print quality that I need to have 50% ads and I refuse to do that just as a person. I don't want to um, produce anything that isn't something that I don't want to read myself. And so all of these are very, very intentional things that I have done um, because I want to produce things that, you know, are, are not like the things like you just said, if, if a magazine is, you know, so many ads or, very poor quality or anything like that. I don't want to read it either. So I'm not going to produce something like that. Yeah. It just becomes consumable at that point. National Geographic's when we were kids, 
National Geographic's were some of the coolest magazines ever. People yeah. still have boxes of those in their attic. And everybody keeps them. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. How, how many people threw one away? I don't remember throwing one away unless it like got wet or something. I remember, Our mom collect, collected those, didn't he, Tom, she tell me? Yep. I remember that when we were cleaning out her stuff. She had boxes of that. Yeah, but they yeah, were, it my was. grandma collected them too. So, I mean, there's something, something to be said with this generation, and I'll say I'm part of that generation. They don't, it's like. They don't want that tangible thing that holds on or they don't collect it. And it's like, it's, I mean, your magazine, I could see that there'd be five of them sitting up at my cabin right now. And people would be like, oh, this is cool. Cause that's where I read mm-hmm. magazines is the cabin. Cause it's, I yeah. don't want technology up there. Yeah. And, and with that, like with how everything is going to, to digital and stuff, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. So um, that's also intentional with this being different. And then also with this being an outdoors magazine, um, it just makes sense to me that you're supporting, encouraging people to step away from the digital. Like to me, it doesn't make sense about talking about the outdoors, but you know, like everything is just sending you to your phone still. Um, so I like that it's, it's something different and that it um, does encourage about uh, breaking away from the digital. Cause I think, I think we all need that. In today's world, I know, um, you know, like I experienced myself just times when it's like I, I've realized, you know, you constantly staring at a screen all day from your phone to your computer to your TV. And that is like, oh, my gosh, I feel it in my eyes and I need a break, you know. Um, so I really like that that is a bit uh, it's a break from the digital world, too. That was a very convicting statement. All four of us were looking at our screens <laughs> as soon as you said that. <laughs> I mean, that is our world, but yeah, that oh, that one hit Kira a little bit hard, didn't it, Kira? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. She got a little guilty there. She, oh, I, we all felt guilty there's, there. There's been multiple times where there's been a magazine where I've like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. I'd like to, you know, like have the convenience of being able to read that on my on my iPad and one I can think of is like the New Yorker or whatever. And you, you know, very text heavy magazine and you go to it and on the iPad, and it's just not even close to the same experience as holding a physical copy. And you get this pinch and zoom and it's just, <clears throat> yeah. It's, and same with uh, even just reading like, like a book on Kindle, you know, like you think it's, it's such a cool thing to be able to have a thousand books in your pocket and never have to charge them up. But there's something for me about just having a physical book in my hand and reading it that you call them analog books an, an analog, analog book. book i like to read i still like to read analog books and i like to read analog <laughs> magazines yep. i can't stand reading a digital magazine it is the worst for me and I, you actually went out and reprinted all of your past digital copies right no i didn't oh, um, i thought so i heard you say that okay the original um 16 are digital and free to view still but then it it's been um Re, I redid it um, with just meaning. Um, what did I say? Like to re, uh, uh, released it. Sorry, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Released it as a high quality print, but that's when the change made. Gotcha. So there's been um, four uh, print issues, so twenty total. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean, we've harped on the quality. The quality is amazing. I, I'm a big fan of it. I've got a question for you about the logistics of of building uh, uh, a specific episode uh, do you call them episodes what do you call them what's the word issue? for it issue, issue. that's the word i'm sorry <laughs> he's looking at me it's i'm all, what, it's what dan has issues 
<laughs> clearly, I, I spend Dan, time. Dan, do we have an episode about your issues? I clearly spend time on screens. So um, <laughs> when you're building an issue, so for example, when is the, when does your next publication ship? Um, so I'll have a January January release for the next one. And all of them that we've gotten so far have been like themed. So for example, the one that we have at the table here, what does it say on the front there? It's like the out, what is it called? Ultimate sport of shooting. Yeah, but isn't there like a, oh, at the top? The only woman's hunting and fishing magazine. I think you're talking about just like the, the summer. The yeah, isn't it called like the summer? It's just oh, yeah. a, a summer season. Issue. Yeah. yeah, the summer issue. Yeah. So is that how you have them broken up? You have like a summer issue? Do you have them by, by season? Is that how you go with it? Yeah, with with it being quarterly, it's, um, and you know, how you talked about before with, with liking the quarterly too, that it's special when you get it in the mail. I think that works so well for outdoors magazines too, with, um, you know, going by the season. So that is how I structure that. Sure. Sure. So my question with the, with the way that you organize them. So you're dropping the January one, obviously in January, how, how much right now are you working on the spring one? Is that already happening? Well, um, usually for magazines again with needing to be like a team of people (laughs) it's usually working very much ahead of time um unfortunately this is something that i can't work very far ahead of time i do my best to try to have some planning um and to have some of the articles um like planned out with somebody um ahead of time but that's something i really really um am hoping to be able to um get better at in the future with being able to get ahead of time more with planning. Um, I'm just so stretched thin as one person that I can't, um, with especially like trying to grow this, um, trying to get support, uh, um, enough support to keep it going and everything like that is taking the most time for me. So I'm hoping that if this can continue to grow and, um, then I can continue to have more work on, um, the things that I can put into that, you know, that energy into the actual magazine with planning ahead. So, but of course I have some plans like for like up to you a year in advance or so, but I don't have everything completely, um, planned out, you know, like in the spring issue or anything, some of it I have to go as I go. I, I bet that allows you to be pretty nimble though and be, you know, topical, I suppose, right? You can react to things that are happening. Well, if there's a major issue or major change in the way the sport is, it's kind of weird because it's been this male-dominated sport for generations, but now you're making a killer magazine that makes me want to sign up for the female version of it because it's actually, you know, there's words that are not just me, male, caught a fish. (laughs) Just looks so much better. Your magazine's way, way... I mean, I don't know if people actually appreciate stuff like this anymore, but I do as a, being in the print world. Well, you're not alone. Well, you guys all are, so I appreciate that. So, yeah, definitely. I, I get a lot of great feedback with that for... Um, again, I'm, like, needing to continue to get more support, but the support that I do have, people rave about the quality and the content. And um, the content is something that's very different about me, too. Um, a lot of what was done in the past for a lot of women's stuff in media was always, um, you know, like I said before, I don't want to produce something that I don't want to read. What was being produced was, um, 
a lot of like beginner stories of, you know, a woman who shot her first buck. But, you know, when you read it, and especially we can all say that, you know, when we shot our first buck, we didn't really know what we were doing. You're not speaking from experience um, or otherwise um, articles that were, you know, like how to take your girlfriend fishing or hunting, you know, or something like that, that they don't give credit to women at all. So this really is content that is very um, informative. Um, it's by experienced outdoor women. Um, so it's, it's just really giving them credit um, for being experienced outdoor women. And anybody can learn from it. There's a lot to learn from it. Um, so that's something that's very important to me with, with all of this as well. Um, again, it's, it's going against the grain of most things. Most, most are, you know, thinking of like stories and I really stay away from personal stories unless it's a really exception, exceptional story. Um, but again, that way, so every, anybody can learn from it. And I feel like while there can be really great stories, sometimes a lot of stories, um, you know, the reader doesn't necessarily reflect with it. Um, you know, it can be a certain location or, or something like that where they also don't, you know, um, connect with as well. Things like that, that, um, I think I've read a lot of stories that for, you know, the outdoors that just weren't great with that, especially for women. So, um, so this is, again, set up so that anybody can learn from it. It's very informative and, and giving credit to the woman as being a real deal outdoor woman. Yeah, you're taking legitimate subject matter experts who happen to be female and presenting mm-hmm. their legitimate expertise to people. And, yeah. and you know, in their view, too. It's and, like, Yeah, and, and females who are involved in or who are passionate about outdoors were we're able to learn from the magazines from years ago that were mostly male dominated. But now I think it's equally as useful for, for us men to be able to learn from magazines like yours that are not necessarily tailored to us, but still are relevant. Thank you. Yeah. I think that, uh, that means a lot to hear. And I think that is important. Um, another thing that's different about adventurous is, um, and very intentional as well that it's a very clean, respectful magazine. Um, there's a lot of content out there for women in the outdoors, you know, that, uh, you know, just being honest about it, we can all say that that is inpro- inappropriate type of content and stuff too. Um, so that again goes to with crediting that woman. And I think that's important for men to see too, that, um, the, the real deal women who know what they're talking about and are doing it in a respectful way and everything like that. And then also with, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have a single woman role model. Um, and so I can only, you know, imagine how that would have been a positive thing for me to have something like this when I was growing up that like, Oh, women can do this too. Um, you know, and, and just, being a woman doing this or that, that encourages you as a woman, as a girl, and also um, just inspiring you. Um, So I think that that all is very um, important as well. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I think we should take a break. But when we come back, I do want to touch a little bit more on what you were just mentioning there about the 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 tendency for female media to be not always super appropriate. So let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll continue with the conversation. I, I, there's so much to, to talk about here. I think this is a fascinating topic. All right, let's take a quick break. Hey everyone, this is Dan from the Iceman, and I'm super excited to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. The ice fishing season is finally happening. The lakes are frozen. Get yourselves out there. Get yourself the best rod in your hands. TunedUpCustomRods.com with the promo code Iceman. Save yourself 15% and go out there and live the best ice life you can. And if you are living that best ice life, you want to keep your beer cold, your drinks cold, and everything protected in a Maluna cooler. High quality, roll to mold, affordable coolers. These things are awesome and they come in a variety of colors and a variety of sizes. Check out the 22 quart. It is my personal favorite. Use the code ICEMEN for 15% off on your order. And if you're like all of us, you always need that extra edge. Check out Freedom Baits. They're hand poured, high quality, locally made plastics. They're up on the Tuned Up website. They have a, we have all the colors, everything in stock. Check them out at freedombaits.com or at tunedupcustomrods.com. Use the code ICEMEN for 20% off on Freedom Baits on your order. All right, we are back here after the commercial break with Jen Pudence of Adventurous Magazine. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, so but just before Thanks we... Thank so much went, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Just before we went to break, you had alluded to a topic that's, I, I think, kind of uncomfortable to talk about, so I don't really want to go super into it, but I do think it's worth mentioning that when you, when I personally and a lot of people think about what would um you know what you would expect from from females who are promoting things a lot of times the the imagery goes towards inappropriate sexually themed things and i don't know if that's i don't think that that's an unfair assumption but what i think is what i think is really refreshing and i've heard you talk about this on your social media posts and you alluded to it here that that is, you couldn't be further from your intention or from your goal here. And I just, it doesn't seem like that makes sense in promoting towards women in a way like that. That seems like it would be really counterproductive. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's very important to me because, um, you know, just as a woman hunter and angler myself, you know, like that's something that I've experienced a lot with things on social media or whatnot. And, um, and not that I need to, you know, be getting attention for what I'm doing, but um, I don't dress like that. So, you know, somebody that dresses like that and can hold up, you know, the tiniest fish, they will get so much more, you know, attention from, from you know, the other way around. Um, and, and that's what also brands had, especially in the past, also gone to is is that kind of attention so those were the women that women that were 
getting ahead in the industry, being promoted um, and having deals with brands and stuff like that and getting large on social media. So um, I'm not meaning this in a, you know, a negative way towards them. If, if that's what they choose to do, they, they choose to do that. But um, it has actually, you know, really affected how women are seen in the industry and the women that, that don't do that. You know, um, we kind of can all get put into the same category sometimes. And, and that's really hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it seems like it would be very counterproductive for the goal of producing a magazine that's from women for women. It doesn't seem like it would yeah. make any sense. And I think what that has produced too, is that then a lot of, a lot of men sometimes won't, take women seriously in the outdoors either or think we actually know what we're doing or that we actually love it um you know things like that i think have all tumbled for it from it and um so that's that's a really big deal to me um and for for me that's a huge thing also with thinking of youth you know like i said i didn't have women role models growing up and i see this magazine as being a lot of inspiration and role models for women and for youth. And I think that that's very important to have that clean. And, um, you know, like, like with Dan's family, um, you know, that the whole family was reading the magazine. Um, that's a huge deal to me. And also, you know, if I had, um, you know, women in a bikini and, you know, a woman is showing her chest is bigger than her fish, for example, like, I think that's offensive to a lot of other women. So, you know, your wife isn't going to necessarily want to read that. Um, your wife isn't going to want you as, you know, her husband to necessarily read that. And that's not appropriate for your kids. You I, know, so I certainly wouldn't have subscribed to that magazine for my family. There's, I mean, that, yeah. that just would have been, I'd been like, okay, well, I guess we're not getting this. Yeah. And <sighs> unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of women's media has been in the past. You know, um, like I said, I, uh, Adventurous isn't the first women's hunting or fishing magazine that's ever been done. But um, the, in the past, too, what I've noticed is that is how that's been handled a lot. So um, it, this really is one of a kind and, and never been done before with this type of intentionality that I do for Adventurous. That's yeah. That's exactly. That's exactly the the message that's being put out with it too. It's uh, your intentionality is being received, which is a great thing. Right. So, Jen, right. I got a question because this maybe mm -hmm. we'll just derail this. This is a little too serious for my brain. Um, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> who, who's? I, I just I kind of wanted to ask you this because I thought about it earlier. Who is like your inspirational writer? Because you kind of do you have one, or is there someone that? To me, my inspirational writer way back in the day was like, uh, Jack, I think Jack O'Connor um, from Field and Stream. I think it's Jack O'Connor. One of the guys that was like, that was the guy that I read growing up as a kid. I don't think I have just one coming up to mind. Um, uh, and maybe, again, that's par partially because um, I didn't have you know, like women writers in the outdoors. Um, there's not a lot of them now even um, that I have to work with. Um, so no, I don't, 
I guess I, I'm sorry to bomb your, your question. Oh, I mean, that, that's actually even better because <laughs> really now don't. she, now yeah, she gets now, to be the inspirational writer for other people now. Yeah. Jack O'Connor was outdoor life magazine. Sorry. And then he wrote, he was like the guy that t- said a 270 Winchester was one of the greatest cartridges ever. And it was, I don't know. It was, I don't know. He was a great writer and you just, as like little kid reading his stuff um, was just really cool. He was a yeah, really I influential mean, I, person. So like thinking of just, you know, outdoors in general with like men writers and stuff. Um, so, you know, like I, I, I definitely grew up reading, you know, all my dad's magazines with a hunting and fishing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, of course some of like those, those big names, like for, for deer and deer research, you know, Charles, um, I never say his last name right, but like, I always think it's like Alzheimer's, but you know who I mean, right? Yes. Or like <laughs> Elmer Keith. I mean, that was, that was one of um, my. And you know, like they, they would, um, yeah, like, or Bill Winkleman and stuff like that. I'm, you know, things like that. Some of those that, um, did I say that right? Um, Babe you know, Winkleman like, back in the day. Babe. Babe, um, who and who's Bill? I think I'm combining two names. Bill Babe Dance. Winkleman. Bill Dance was the funniest uh, guy Bill in the Dance world. Videos. I don't know if that's the same guy, but he's an awesome. I think of somebody for hunting that was a Bill. Um, but you know, like things like that. Like I read all of those magazines and stuff in the past too, and um, I think that's kind of where I got some of my love for having a physical magazine too. So. Well, it's, I I feel like. Kids don't see, they don't get that. I was, my kid, you know, he reads or watches a YouTube video, but he never read an article and, and drifted off in his own little world where you had to create it in your head. You couldn't just watch it on YouTube. Kira doesn't have, has no idea what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have never experienced that. Where, where actually, Kira, Kira is, is definitely the reader in her family. Yeah. Though. No, I, Kira's a reader totally and she's actually understand. quite a talented writer. Oh. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I get what you mean by watching. But, like, you're, yep. mm-hmm. it's different when, like, I grew up, I was before the internet. My kids said, what did you do? And I said, well, we did a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff I would read about in a magazine, I'd go out and try it. And then i get in trouble for starting a fire or whatever else we were doing. <laughs> Tell us about the old days, Dad. Yeah. We used to walk uphill both ways with no internet. So, so I have a question. Sorry, it's going to be completely unrelated, but... D- did you hunt? Did you deer hunt this year up in up in the Hibbing area, Jen? I did not. Um, sadly, this was my first year that I didn't deer hunt since I started. Um, oh, no. and, and that's especially crazy for people who know me to hear because I, I was very known in um, like that was you know hugely my thing before with bow hunting deer before. Um, but up here, um, I just with moving here in recent years. Um, it's just been harder for me to get set up up here. And then also, um, I ended up getting COVID and that wiped me out for like oh, three yeah. weeks this fall. And then being, you know, um, the only person for my business, um, you know, put me very behind. So it cut off a lot of my hunting this year. So, gotcha. so yeah, sadly, this was the first year that I didn't get to do deer hunt since I started. Well, one of the reasons I asked is I heard it's been pretty tough up in, up in your neck of the woods with the, the population yeah. way down. So I was curious if you had any personal experience or firsthand or had heard any reports up in that area. 
Yeah, so I don't rifle hunt, but that's what you hear up here. Most people do, and I did not hear very much success at all. Um, last year, when I did get to bow hunt for a little bit, like I actually had passed a small six, and and then um, when I, you know, joined some people just to to be a part of kind of the deer camp experience, you know, for rifle. Um, I was shocked like that was way more than what people even were getting, you know, for rifle. Like it's, it's, um, not just down to, um, you know, like spikes and stuff. It's not even being able to get a spike is what it's become. So, um, as a new person coming into this, it has definitely been interesting. And I, and I, um, I, I miss that. I miss being able to, to really deer hunt up here so for sure do you, are, are most people uh, putting it to the wolves up there is that what they're saying or is that the general consensus do you think or um yeah i think wolves are definitely a hard hit um and then also um i don't know it's hard with just i guess the history of things too where how um you know people aren't going to let the bucks grow because they only get a buck tag and that's their only way to get meat. Um, so things like that, that come into play too, I think with management and wolves and, and, you know, just issues like that. A couple pretty rough winters too. Pretty, a lot of snow, you know, the last yeah. couple of years. So maybe this <laughs> year will help for sure. So we hunt up in Northwestern Minnesota and our deer okay. population seemed like it was Pretty really dang good. strong to us. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we we're oh, out of the, we're out of the wolf line. I think. I mean, we're yeah. Right kind it of definitely seems like there's good pockets and areas. Um, so if you can be in one of those good pockets, that definitely helps a lot. But then there's other places where it's just it seems like there's just nothing for deer. You know, and I've I've heard about that a lot too, where you know people are rifle hunting and have you know, wolves run by or they hear the wolves, um, that gets hurt a lot up here. Yeah. That it's crazy to think that there are pockets, especially in the deep woods where there's not a lot of deer running around, but it's the, it's the case up there right now. Yeah. And I think another thing that hits hard too for them is, um, you know, during the winter season and with a lot of lakes up here, I know, um, the wolves get deer on lakes a lot too. I've heard a lot of that. So a lot of things going against them for that. Um, Can I catch them out in the say, open up there on the yeah, lake? Yeah, like that's hurt a lot on Vermilion, um, especially um, with the wolves in that area and having a big lake like that. There's a lot of deer kills that you can see out on the ice. Um, but I will say that it's amazing how turkeys are flourishing and and I think that the wolves must not bug them with them being able to, you know, their group and their eyesight and being able to fly. It seems like turkeys are really doing amazing and um, expanding up here. Yeah, we've got a, a newish flock of turkeys in our area. That's I don't ever remember that growing up, but they're all over the place now. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and in the pockets where deer are hit really hard by the wolves, that's where you're hearing a lot of turkeys too. So, um, so they're doing good against the wolves at least, which is good. 
So I've got a question back about the magazine. As far as mm-hmm. the people who you have that contribute and write articles or are featured in articles, I, I, I love it that looking at the issues that I've received so far and looking at the magazine covers from the past, a lot of the people who are featured in there are people who uh, who I, I've connected with in the industry, people who have been on the podcast or who I've just had a chance to you know, meet at different ice shows and things like that. Very I think that, cool. I think that's been really neat. Um, so it's, you're kind of, I don't know, tuned in with the same sort of crowd that I find interesting. How are, how are you connecting with these people? How are you finding these people? So I kind of joke about how I stalk everybody on social media. <laughs> but, um, you know, I a lot of it is, is that these women are, you know, on social media too. And we've, I've followed them or we've followed each other for years, you know, like I've, I've been doing this for a long time. And so, um, and just looking for opportunities like that, when a woman really knows, um, has a lot of experience in this or that, you know, like I pay attention to that and follow them. And so, um, things like that, where it's just, um, kind of connecting with them on there that I know they have great photos. I know they have experience. Um, and, um, yeah, that's kind of how I find people, honestly. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the times with articles, I'm actually the one coming up with the idea. And then I look for that right woman to ask, um, to write the article. And so, um, cause there's not a lot of women writers. Um, and so that is actually how I go around that as well, which is, is unique for me and adventurous as well. Um, that that's not happening usually in the industry, the way that I do that. So, um, and, and I love being an editor. I'm very much a behind the scenes type of person. That's actually what I prefer, even though I don't know if people realize that because I have to put myself out there to keep spreading the word for adventurous, but I, I love being that behind the scenes person and, and being an editor. So a lot of times, you know, a woman can be very experienced in something. I have this article idea and they can be nervous to um, write because they've never wrote before. And I literally tell them, don't worry, you know, just try your best. You are the one with the knowledge and experience and I've got your back. (laughs) You know, it's seriously what I tell them. I've got your back. And so I love being able to, take what they know and, and polish it and make them shine. So I, I love being able to do that for women to, to help them shine in the magazine. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun to be able to see those connections. And when I was talking to you at the ice show, there was another person who was in this, in the striker booth with you, who, who was going to be featured. I think she was maybe the, the, Maybe she was on the cover of that, of the, of the current one. Uh, I'm talking about Ashley, Ashley Ray. Ray. I didn't know who she was, yeah, actually, which made me feel kind was, of dumb. But. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was an amazing <sighs> thing for us, actually, if I can tell a bit about that off topic. But so Ashley Ray is um, a really great woman, uh, angler and writer. Um, she's one of the few that there is that, um, you know, I can go to as a, a woman writer. And um, we... She has been a support for Adventurous since the beginning. We've been friends since before Adventurous. And um, so this is really neat, like how we have been good friends and support each other for so many years. She was actually on the second cover 
way back when um, for Adventurous and um, was also in the current issue as well. So she's been in that throughout and we've been friends for over a decade, but since she lives in Canada, we have never met. And so at the St. Paul Eye Show this year, we met for the first time and we were roommates and oh my gosh, we had so much fun. That was amazing. She's an amazing person and it's been so wonderful to work with her. Um, but so yeah, she was in the booth and actually I had another I'm cover girl, if I can say it that way, um, um, Sarah Trampy that is, um, was on the cover that I was promoting at the, at the show. So I actually had two women that were on my covers, which was really, really cool experience for me. Um, because with working with women that, you know, can be throughout the United States or in Canada, um, I actually don't get to meet a lot of the women that I work with. So when I get to meet them, it's very, very special thing for me. Um, and then it was really neat at the St. Paul, Paul Ice Show this year. Um, I believe I had seven women that I had worked with and featured in Adventurous that um, were there and that I met with. So that's a, a very, very um, cool experience for me. Yeah, I, I, and I, for me, it was cool because I, I didn't know who Ashley Ray was, and, I, and then I kind of felt like a jerk because she's being promoted like, <laughs> hey, come down and meet Ashley Ray, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know who this person is, but <laughs> but it's it's neat, it's neat don't to you, have... Don't you always feel like that, Dan? Uh, but I'm you, saying... You probably knew her without knowing her, though. Like, for yeah. example, she was in the current issue. She was the one that wrote the Fall Bath article yes. in the current issue of the magazine, so, so yeah. It's it's cool to be able to be introduced to new people who, you know, now that I have seen who you already have featured, who I trust that you're promoting, you know, who are quality, right? So I can mm -hmm. go on and follow them. Like you just mentioned the name Sarah Trampy. I immediately searched for her on Facebook and I'm like, oh, I totally know who she is because I've seen her face before yeah. in your magazine, but now I click follow. So I've got another person I can follow. I think that's awesome. cool. I think that's neat. There's mm -hmm. one person who I, I don't know if I saw her featured in your magazine anywhere, but she was one of our very first guests. And when when we got her on, on the show, it was kind of like mind blowing because she, in my mind, was like 30 steps higher than than we were. Uh, but have you connected with Lindsay Hayes at all? Do you know who she is? Um, I recognize the name. I have not had her in Adventurous yet. So she, if, if you haven't, if you haven't connected with her before, she is a fantastic advocate for, for the industry. She did, um, discover Wisconsin. She does the Polaris show on Bally sports. She did, did she, she did the one that covered tuned up, right? What was that called again? How it's made or something? Uh, how like it's that? made. Yeah. She did a bunch, she did a bunch of them. Do North Outdoors, I think she was part of that. Yeah, she'd be a good one. She's really well-known. Discover Wisconsin, I think she did. She did yeah, Discover Wisconsin. Anyway, she's she's fantastic, and she, she writes a lot of articles, and she also does a lot of video work. I don't, I don't That probably doesn't have much to do with It's hard do. to put videos in a magazine. Yeah, they don't really click well. <laughs> you type out a link, and someone has to actually physically type it. Yeah, yeah it's just a QR code. But, uh, yeah, I think that's so cool that, you know, you, just by looking at the people who you feature, you can... You can gain new people to follow and get new experiences and learn more stuff. Cool. That's very neat for me to hear, too. <coughs> oh, gosh, I got a tickle. Well, we really appreciate you being here with us tonight, Jen. This has been fantastic. I can't wait for the January magazine to come out. 
everybody. John, sub- you got to subscribe. Well, but no, yeah, subscribe. I got to. What? Oh, yeah, I guess that is what you call call, right? (laughs) Get a subscription. Get one for you. My my gosh, I've been out of, you know. You get one for your wife and for your daughter. My daughter would probably read it more than my wife. My wife is not the outdoors person. My daughter is way more, like, already ready for the outdoors than my wife ever will be. You can get her while she's young. Yeah, well, she's, she just understands, like, how to walk in the woods and how to not trip over tree branches and... So <laughs> she's an adventurous. She is. She she likes. I mean, she likes four wheeling. She likes ice fishing. My daughter, not my wife. So before we let you go, Jen, what is the best way for people to follow you? Follow adventurous. Uh, how how should people go about getting uh, getting your content to them? Um, yes, yeah, so they can check out the website. It's adventurousmagazine.com. And everything's there for subscriptions or information with me. Um, And I guess a key thing I would like to say with this, too, is that um, Adventurous, with it being the only women's hunting and fishing magazine, and even though it's nationwide and reaches Canada, too, this is coming out of Minnesota. I'm I'm in Minnesota, so local support within the state really means a lot, too. And I hope that's something kind of a pride thing, too, that, you know, Minnesota can be proud that the only women's hunting and fishing magazine is coming out of the state. So um, I really need help with support and subscriptions. That's all at adventurousmagazine.com. And um, also, I do have um, a deal going on for Christmas that is, I call it a BOGO deal. You know, if you know, are familiar with that. Um, so buy one, gift one. If you buy a subscription, you can actually gift a subscription as well for free um, now through December 17th. Um, These make awesome gifts, you know, for outdoor women in your life, for youth that are interested in the outdoors. And so um, that's something that, um, yeah, can be a great holiday gift. And I'm able to send them the current issue and uh, adventure sticker right away so that they can have it in time for Christmas even. So, um, so yeah, I would really appreciate your support. Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate the time, Jen. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Kira? Thank you. Thanks for all that you contributed today, Kira. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was so immersed in oh, the Adventurous Magazine. She couldn't. Oh, yes, go. Since, oh, can I add, since I um, my brain wasn't working with Babe Whistleman, I was thinking of Bill Winky, I think is uh, the right name for Bill a writer, Winky. too. Perfect. So I, <laughs> I knew I was like, I'm doing something wrong. We were combining those two. That's so totally, totally normal. That. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so thank much you for being here. Thank you so much. John, thank Tom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, <sighs>